Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. It is December 16th, lockout day 15. I'm Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at reviewingthebrew.com. Uh, we've got a good episode, I think, lined up uh, this week. Uh, we're going to talk some hypothetical trade proposals, and Matt and I are going to draft our top 10 favorite brewers of all time. So we're going to go yes. back and forth. And we're going to pick a top 10 list of our favorite brewers. And at the end, we're going to let you, the listeners, decide who has the better top 10. Who, who do you like more in that group? Matt, are you excited for that? Are you ready? I am. We were we were talking about this beforehand, and uh, we we're just going to list off our top 10 favorites. And But now that it's draft time, now, now the competitive juices are flowing. Oh yeah, now it's now it's gonna be tough. Now now it's all about strategy yep. and who who do you take first? Because you know whoever was your number one may not be who you would take with the number one pick in the draft. You know that's exactly. yeah, you, you gotta handle it a little bit differently. So it's gonna be very interesting. And I know we're both competitive guys, so it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun. The the chess match of a lifetime. Yeah, it, it's it's as big of a chess match as. When Craig Council lines up his pitching staff, <laughs> you got to get all the pieces lined up in place correctly. Yeah. yeah. Or even uh, like the CBA talks, which are apparently going nowhere. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. The the quietest chess man. That, so that would be just us not talking about anything for 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. And not even making a move. Like, nope. like, you know, just just staring at the board, not saying anything, not doing anything. Just being like, you're going to make a move. I was waiting. I thought it was your turn. Aren't you making the move? I thought you. I thought it was your turn. Hold on, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, there's a time limit, isn't isn't there? Nah, time limits like forever. Oh, okay. God, yeah. I'm getting depressed. Yeah, the uh, Evan Drellich at the Athletic reporting that MLB is not going to talk core economics with the players' union until after the new year. I'm like, oh, that seems uh, an interesting strategy to not talk the core problems that you guys are dealing with no we're we're, we're going to talk about non-core problems currently what the hell have they been talking about so far then like i don't think they've been talking about anything i think the since hell? the lockout happened they're just like done like like they're just splitsville they're just not even talking to each other they just yeah. they, they like blocked each other's phone number it's like a bad breakup and everything mm-hmm. but you realize like you still kind of live together so like you need to you need to like figure some shit out but yeah. we uh, we we get the uh, pictures scrubbed from all the websites, guys. Yeah. OK. See you in January. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Scrubbing everything off social media. It is a bad breakup. That's yeah, what they're <laughs> Yep. That's deleting your Facebook. Scrubbing pictures. the pictures of you with them, taking everything from from your Internet presence just off. It's like they never existed. Uh, Cardinals third baseman bobblehead day. Mm. <laughs> see that? <laughs> Yes, that oh, that was my absolute favorite. Yes, yeah, so, um, so the players' union and the owners are basically teenage boys and girls. Got it. Yeah, yeah. In in uh in Splitsville, they're having a fight. You know, someone was you know perhaps caught looking at looking at another girl. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so much drama. Uh. Anyways, um. So because uh, of all this uh, drama and the lockout and transaction freeze. Baseball fans are kind of getting a little uh, on edge uh, a little bit and just kind of throwing some wild things out there because 
there's no actual rumors to go off of and there's like there's no actual baseball so people are just going nuts and some of these trade proposals have gotten really really out of hand and i think the first one we got to talk about here is from this uh this this weird dude at oh the doug rush oh we're going straight into the doug rush all right yeah We're, we're talking this dude who's apparently a writer about the the New York Giants or something like he's a New York guy, the football Some, writer. Somehow he's verified on Twitter and I'm not <laughs> like, th- like this dude puts out the stupidest things and he's verified on Twitter. His pin tweet is about how he got verified. And meanwhile, <laughs> on, I, I, I focus on tweeting out, you know, somewhat smart things. And my last uh, request to get verified was denied within a half an hour. Like, wow. like literally I sent it into Twitter. I, like I figured it would take like, you know, a week or, or three weeks or something. No, a half hour. Boom. Denied. What? Okay. Yes. Anyways, my personal vendetta against Twitter aside, this dude put up the most absurd trade proposal I think I've ever seen. And, and we roasted him on Twitter for it. Uh, he tried to clap back. He was not good at clapping back. Um, but, I mean, you can check out the, the Twitter feed for that. But here was his trade proposal. The Brewers send Christian Yelich. I know, like like right there, full stop, yeah, not happening. Good start. But good start. Yeah, yeah already ending. Um, but it, it continues. The Brewers send Christian Yelich and Josh Hader to the New York Yankees. All right. Wow. And it's like, oh, wow, that, that's two of the Brewers top five players going to the Yankees. And who are they going to get in return? C- clearly, clearly among their best players. Right. Yeah, clearly, clearly. Okay. All right. Yeah. But he on. he proposes sending back to the Brewers a role Chapman who has one year left on his contract at 16 million dollars. Luke Voigt. Mm-hmm. Aaron Hicks. Mm-hmm. And Domingo Herman. Hmm. And that's it. <laughs> that's it going back to the Brewers for two of their top five players. The Brewers get an even more overpaid relief pitcher with one less year of control, a bench first baseman that has no positional versatility, an oft injured center fielder who has never played in more than 137 games in a season, and he only played in 32 this past year, and he hit a buck 94. And a starting pitcher who wouldn't even crack our top seven on our rotation depth chart. That's what the Brewers can get for two of their top five players. Tell me, uh, when you look at Christian Yelich and Araldis Chapman as closers, which of those two got removed from the closers role last year? Me, Josh Hader? Hader? <laughs> oh, no, it was Araldis Chapman. He couldn't. He was removed as closer last year. He was so bad. Uh, uh, Luke Voigt, I, yeah, I, I actually, I like you traded, him. They I, traded for Anthony Rizzo to replace him. You're right. Like, like we'll, we'll get into Voigt in a little bit, but um, yeah, it, it, he had a really, really good 2020 and uh, decent 2019 as well. But exactly. Great point. So you don't even know, like, that's a guy who doesn't even know what his future is right now. Again, Aaron Hicks, always injured. And yeah, Herman, like for a former MVP and a three-time NL reliever of the year, Doug Rush, what were you smoking? He was smoking a lot. 
of, of stuff. I think it was it was a combination. Uh, I think it was. I mean, it had to be more than uh, he like there was full cocaine uh, involved. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, definitely some meth uh, as well. I mean, it was. Whew. The oof level on that trade proposal. I is I have seen. The roof. I have seen bad trade proposals. I have made bad <laughs> trade proposals before, but nothing can top how awful that proposal is and how little sense it makes. And he just rolls with it. And I'm just, I'm like calling him out. I'm like, dude, this is like the worst trade proposal ever. He's like, well, I mean, your team hasn't been relevant since 1982. So whatever. Oh, sounds like what? a Cubs fan. Like, first of all, the Brewers have, have been relevant since 1982. Okay. Mm-hmm. Made playoffs for like the last four seasons. Uh, made it further in the postseason this year than you guys did, losing to your rivals in the wild card game. Congratulations on that, Ooh. buddy. Um, and it's just like you immediately go to a World Series drought as as like that's your only card to play here because like there is no defending of your trade proposal there that that you can go with that, or that you're even trying to go with because you know it's dumb as shit mm-hmm. and you're still rolling with it and it's just. It's the stupidest. Like it is literally, you are trading spare parts and guys that you just don't want. Like they don't want Domingo Herman. They don't want Aaron Hicks anymore. They don't want Luke Voigt. They don't want Aroldis Chapman anymore. So it's like let's just trade this package of four guys that we don't want for two guys that another team really needs to be successful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's. There, you're right. This is just an absolute random i mean you're trading a closer for a closer maybe that even just for a hater i wouldn't do that deal no no of course not um you when you trade for you know former mvps or relievers at the top of not just their game but like literally the top of the reliever mountain in the major in all of major league baseball arguably um you throw in prospects you throw in some of your top guys you throw it yeah you sweeten the deal you don't just throw in just random piece. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on, well, like, like these are guys that just haven't worked out like a 32 year old center fielder, a 29 year old uh, starter who had a four and a half ERA this last year. And he would not crack the Brewers top seven on their depth chart. He would not yeah. be over Aaron Ashby or Ethan small or Eric Lauer or Adrian Hauser. Like he wouldn't crack that rotation. Yeah. Like Aaron Hicks. How does that help us? At all, Get, getting an always injured center fielder, what to replace Yelich? You, you think Hicks is going to replace Yelich? No, right? Like, yeah. And it, like this is just, this is just we haven't even talked about the fact that Yelich has a full no trade clause and is not going anywhere. Right. He's just like, oh well, the Brewers can just dump Yelich's contract. His con, like it's just getting started. They're not going to just dump it. They don't want to just dump it. Like it's one bad year. From Yelich, there's no reason to just dump it for nothing in return. Like, ugh. It, yeah. It, again, this is just just random. I, this this is why uh, you don't just go propose trades and throw them out there because you get ripped to shreds. The ratio on this guy's tweets, oh my goodness, is hilarious. And his res- for a while, and I haven't checked back. The the response, the 1982 response, had zero likes. 
yeah. <laughs> at one point and just numerous comments. So, I mean, it was and quote tweets and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to reach uh, historic Twitter uh, ratio levels at some point. But I mean, come on, you know what you're doing if you're going to try something like that, buddy. Yeah. Like at least have like some sort of a competent trade pool. So, or if like when you get called out, have something to come back with. Like yeah. if your only card is the 1982 thing, like that's, that that's, it's not even a good card. Even if it were accurate, it's not even a good card. It's like, Dude, try something else, man. At least, I mean, at least it wasn't 27 ranks, but it kind of was. But still, like. <laughs> if you pull up the quote tweets, the second one is a Yankees fan saying cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> That's from a Yankees fan, Doug Rush. Yeah. I mean, that right there. Yeah, even even some Yankees fans realize like, yeah, that's that's a really dumb trade proposal. Like, I'm just like, this is the new Clint Frazier and Miguel Andahar for your team's best player. Like, that's what they've always done on Twitter. Let's just propose these spare parts that nobody wants Mm -hmm. for another team's best player. Yeah. And it just it happens all the time. And it's so annoying. And finally, Clint Frazier is gone. So we don't have to hear that specifically anymore. But this is a new version of it. Domingo Herman and Aaron Hicks and Luke Voigt. Like like they want to pawn <laughs> Luke Voigt. Like like now that they know Luke Voigt's a trade candidate, they just want to pawn him off for someone's best player. That like they're gonna pretend he's the greatest dude alive and be like, Oh yeah, we can give him to you for your best player, and it's totally a fair deal. No. Yeah. No. no. Ugh. Sorry. Give us Jason Dominguez. Uh, th- then yeah. we'll talk. Yeah, you, give, you give us uh, Anthony Volpe as well. Give us Aaron Judge. Um yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll take him. Uh, send Garrett Cole over, but you pay the rest of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, That's, then we can talk. Yeah, we're getting in the realm of uh, something slightly less ridiculous now. Yeah. Ugh. Ooh. Insane. Yeah. Blackout fever. Oh yeah, it is. We need baseball back. Yeah, we do. Just straight up, like, <laughs> if we're making this only two weeks in, um, it's just going to get worse from here. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. Let's uh, let's go on to a somewhat more competent trade proposal. Uh, talking about uh, our guys, our friends at Soto Mojo, the fan-sided uh, Seattle Mariners site. Um, I was looking for some article inspiration. So I was, you know, I was looking around some of the other fan-sided sites, see what they had going on. And I saw when, when I checked Soto Mojo, I saw, oh, they had a trade proposal for Adrian Hauser. I'm like, perfect. Let's see what they got and let's write a response to it. So I looked up their article and this was their trade proposal for Adrian Hauser. The Brewers send Hauser to the Mariners and the Mariners send back Drew Steckenreiter, Jake Freely, and Taylor Dollard. Now, Drew Steckenreiter is uh, the co-closer in Seattle. Uh, had a really good season this past year. Had an ERA of two. Um, had a, had a bunch of saves. Uh, I think he'd be, I mean, he's a solid veteran, been around the, been around the league a few years. He'd probably be a solid seventh inning guy for the Brewers replace Brad Boxberger. Uh, that that's kind of the role I would have envisioned for him in Milwaukee. Uh, Jake Fraley is kind of a platoon backup outfielder, uh, for the Mariners out there in left field. Can't really play center field too well. I don't think he has the arm for right. Um, so he's, 
pretty much a very limited backup outfielder. Um, and then Taylor Dollard is a pitching prospect that could be a starter one day. He struggled with a promotion to high A this year. Uh, he's a few years away. And my initial glimpse of it was that this uh, return is light, uh, very light for Adrian Hauser. And after taking a look at it again, I have confirmed it is a very light <laughs> trade return for Adrian Hauser. Yeah, but I, to their credit, this at least gets a little closer to the realm of a realistic trade because it mentions kind of some of the things I was throwing out there. But One it's also teams, a low bar. It, it is a low bar, yes. <laughs> um, but it's including, you know, one of your team's at least better players, and it's throwing a quote-unquote prospect in there. And so, like, you're trying to do some different things to potentially work a deal. Um, when you're looking at Adrian Hauser here, you've got a 28-year-old um, pitcher who is, you know, Brewers fourth, fifth, you know, you can argue where exactly, you know, in that line he might fit, but on a lot of other teams based off of some of the numbers he's had as a starter, um, he's probably going to rank a little bit higher, especially there in Seattle. Um, so if you're thinking mid to, you know, number three-ish starter, um, that's the, what you're going to have to give up to try and get him. Um, and yeah, like you said, you know, Steckenrider looking at his numbers, um, they were very good numbers last year. And so that's at least a little bit of a start. And the Brewers, I do think, um, are still needing to add a little bit of firepower to that bullpen for next year. And so, yes, it's actually playing off of a Brewers need. Something else that the Yankees trade wasn't exactly doing particularly yeah. well. Um, but then, yeah, you look at the other two, um, Fraley, yeah, he was a former, I believe, second round pick. I just saw, um, I, I don't know what about his profile necessarily jumps out on the page, especially based they, they off compared of- him to Ben Gamble in the article, just kind of like that kind of type of player. Okay. So it's like, it's like, I, I mean, I like Ben Gamble and I'd like to have, you know, a player like that, but also, mm-hmm. I mean, the Brewers did non-tender Gamble and then they did let him go. Right. Um, and they do have Tyrone Taylor to be the backup outfielder. So they don't really need uh, a Ben Gamble. And for someone like Hauser, I'd want something better than just a bullpen arm and a, and a backup outfielder right. and a pitching prospect. You yeah. know? And that pitching prospect being a fifth rounder from the 2020 draft, um, he, you know, just looking at his scouting grades, he, he pretty much sits at 50s uh, for most of the way across the board, he's an overall 40 grade uh, pitcher control 55. That's always nice. Brewers like those types of pitchers. Um, but, you know, as you were pointing but, but out, that's like before, a Dylan file, Alec Bettinger. E- e- type. Exactly. Exactly. And is that is that what you're gunning for when you're looking for a trade return? Or do you want something where there's a little something to work with um, where down the road they might have a bit higher of a ceiling? Um, so, yeah, outside of Steckenrider, who had a decent um 2021, although he is uh, 30, I believe I had seen. Um, So he's it's not like he's a, you know, young gun anymore either. Um, I don't don't know. It's it's close to a decent trade proposal. Do the Brewers pull the trade on something like that? Probably not, especially seeing, you know, trades that Stearns has pulled off in the past. Yeah, I I think definitely for the Brewers to part with Hauser, uh, it's going to cost a lot more. I'd say you toss Fraley out um, and then you have to include someone like you have to include someone from their their regular starting lineup. You know, mm-hmm. one of their decent hitters, like a Ty France. Like mm-hmm. Ty France could play first base. He's got some power, uh, really good hitting ability. 
Like, like he could be someone that I think the Brewers uh, would enjoy to have because Francis is versatile uh, position-wise. I think he can play both corners. I think he can play all around the infield, um, although the Brewers do have a couple guys like that already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but France can be an everyday guy, and uh, he'd be someone that I think would make a lot more sense as a return for Hauser. Um, but also, like, I'd be looking for a little bit better of a prospect. And maybe, like, if you don't get a guy like France you have to go with someone from from near the top of that farm system, like a George Kirby or a Harry Ford or a a Matt Brash. Um, You're not going to get Julio Rodriguez or Noel V. Marte. Um, I'm not going to even bother trying to ask for them, but like, like you're going to have to go from someone from maybe in the, in the latter half of their top 10 prospects rather than someone down in like 25, 26 down the bottom part of the top 30. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, Mariners, farm system has been kind of churning out some guys who've been popping up at the major league level and starting to contribute here. And so they, they've done a pretty decent job there. Um, so you would think that a lot of trades that they would start putting together would involve some of those prospects because they've got assets to work with there. Um, so absolutely. But that, again, that speaks to what we were talking about before. Um, you have to throw mixes of either guys who are going to, especially for a team like the Brewers who, you know, they're not rebuilding. They need, they are in a competitive window they need something to help them compete now. Um, and so you need to throw in a piece that's going to benefit the Brewers. They, this trade was closer to doing that. That Yankees trade was not. Voight, sure, you could argue him. Um, but not to maybe the extent that you're really hoping for. Um, that's where, yes, I, I like the idea of a Ty France or or someone, not, not necessarily him, uh, but someone who's ready to push the brewers, you know, past that next level, because ultimately that's what they're trying to do right now. What gets them, you know, into the NLCS or into the world series or something like that. Who's going to be able to contribute to this team in 2022 to do so. Yeah. And they recognize that window is uh, within the next few years here. And that, I mean, that's why you look at the trade for Hunter Renfro. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. he's under control for two years Benellis and, and Hamilton, they're not going to be here uh, in time for that. So we can move them and get this guy here to help us out in this window. Yeah. So that's really kind of you know where their focus, I think, is. Um, is filling out the, these next two or three years uh, to maximize this window uh, while it's open. So, yeah, a, a guy like, uh, you know, the, the package that they proposed uh, was light uh, and it's one that wouldn't get it done. You know, I wouldn't mind a package with Steckenrider in it, mm-hmm. but you need more than Fraley and Dollard uh, to fill it out. And, yeah. you know, I mean, like from their perspective, like they're looking at it, like Hauser's a back end starter. Um, because I mean, he's the number four in the Brewers rotation. So it's like, okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's a number four, number five type starter. Um, so you don't give up as much for a guy like that. But at the same time, and this is mostly just because we know this, because we follow the Brewers, is that Hauser's really only the number four because of the strength of guys one through three. Like, mm-hmm. like you have essentially three ace-type pitchers uh, in Burns, Woodruff, and Freddie. So in most rotations, Hauser would be a number two or a number three-type starter, and that's going to cost a little bit more. He's He'd be a little bit more expensive. I mean, he had a 3-2-2 ERA this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's really good. And... 
really kind of in the context of Brewers history, that's almost ace level performance from yeah, what we've seen <laughs> for the past however many decades. I mean, it, it goes completely under the radar because Burns and Woodruff and Peralta just put up so much better numbers and, and put up better years, but it's still, you know, incredible stuff. You know, it, he's still a really, really good pitcher. Um, so it, it's going to cost a little bit more for David Stearns to part with him. I mean, he could part with him. I, I could see a Hauser trade coming at, at, at some point just because you have Ashby and Small there already um, or, or there they're going to be ready for a rotation spot soon. And with Burns, Woodruff, Peralta all being right-handed and then all those other guys, Lauer, Ashby, Small being left-handed, Moving Hauser could kind of, you know, help bring some balance with the righty-lefty thing. Um, so that's where I think that could make sense. But Stearns isn't just going to move Hauser for, you know, as, as soon as he can. Like, he's going to get his full price for him. Yeah. And, and again, take in, you know, I mentioned it earlier, take into account the age. You don't trade a 28-year-old up-and-coming starter Mm-hmm. For nothing like you, you don't trade that for a light return like your young commodities fetch a decent price. And so yeah. your value is incredibly high. It, it may be as, as high as it's ever been. Absolutely. And so you're going to need to sweeten that pot quite a bit to pull, even if it's a name that's not known, you know, in a lot of circles uh, outside of Milwaukee. Uh, that's you can look at the numbers. You can look at. If you're looking straight at the numbers, you see that 2020 blip a a little bit. But I think, you know, a lot of us as Brewers fans um, noticed that, you know, he had a a little bit of bad luck in a couple of outings last year. He still looked good. um, And you could tell that the stuff was still there. Just there were just a couple of times didn't quite work out for him. And I, I think the, you know, professionals in the front offices would be able to see that as well. They're going to look past it. They're also going to see you know, how extremely effective he was last year and how extremely effective he was in 2019 when he primarily pitched out of the bullpen. So it goes to show that this is a guy that can be effective in a number of different roles. You know, former uh, pretty high pick. Um, he's got good pedigree. There's so many reasons why an Adrian Howes, or even though a lot of people outside of Milwaukee wouldn't necessarily choose to believe it, uh, would fetch a pretty high price in the trade market. And so a, a, a trade return is going to need to look uh, better than what we saw there. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with with all the points that they just brought up there. And I mean, you, like you're going to have to get at least one regular everyday player back in return for Hauser. Mm-hmm. You know, so, someone to that can be in that lineup every single day or someone to replace a spot in the rotation. If, if you wanted to go that route, I don't think the Brewers would, but um, like, like that would have to be something that, that you would get in return uh, for a guy like Hauser. So we'll see. I mean, the Brewers, the Brewers made their big trade with Renfro without giving up any pitching. So mm-hmm. um, that, that was really kind of key. And, you know, now if they want to make any more trades and I mean, the heavy lifting might be done. Now I, I had this article go up on reviewing the brew the other day, but I mean, Really, what big holes are there besides the bullpen right now and filling it out with a few more middle relief arms? I mean, you have first base. That's really the only position that's kind of in question in terms of who's going to start there. Um, and you have a guy there in Keston Hira that you know can be really good and that has the stuff to be to be a 300 hitter with 30 home runs. 
but you just don't know if it's going to show up. It's not a certainty, but you, you can't block him because then he's never going to get that chance. And you don't want to move on from him because what if that potential really is there? And, you know, then you give up on him for, for nothing while his value is as low as it's ever been. So I think they're going to stick with what they got at first base with Telez and Hira and figure it out there. And unless the DH comes to the National League, then I, I think their heavy lifting is mostly done. I mean, they could add a DH, like like they could try to go out and sign a guy like Nelson Cruz once the lockout ends and, and that rule comes in. Um, but other than that, I could see them putting Hira at, at DH and then just getting a platoon partner for Telez. And then, yeah. yeah. And, and then, I mean, that's not really heavy lifting. That, that's not really a big move, just getting a platoon partner for Telez. Um, and then it's just filling out with, with bullpen arms. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, the kind of the last point you made there, I, I think those are exactly the really the two areas where they could potentially still add to is that bullpen um, and first base. If you think of it as a first base DH combo, because if the designator does come, then right now you're for the most part looking at Telez and Hira playing full time. And do you mm-hmm. want that or do you want a third player to kind of throw into the mix to have some sort of like rotating trio amongst those two spots sounds exactly like something that um david stearns loves to do and that council loves to try and manage through the lineup card i think the question then becomes like who's left out there that you want to bring back in um if you look at the first basemen that are still out on the market um we're going to go ahead and just not throw freddie freeman in the mix um (laughs) come on where's the fun matt (laughs) yeah sorry sorry I, i i I, I think everyone believes he's going back to um, Atlanta. Atlanta, and I would be very surprised if he didn't as well. Um, I'd be very surprised got, if he came here. If he if, <laughs> if he leaves Atlanta, coming to Milwaukee, it'd probably be unlikely. Right, exactly. Um, you've got Anthony Rizzo still out there. I don't think that's happening. Um, Brad Miller is a name that's still out on the market. Ugh. I don't think right. And then it really drops off because you're looking at Brewers killer Colin Moran. Um, uh, 37-year-old Ryan Zimmerman, uh, Daniel Vogelbach is still out there, Vogelbach. Um, if you look at DHs specifically, there's a chance, a, a name that's come up in the, I love Nelson Cruz, we all love Nelson Cruz, mm-hmm. but a name that came up in the past was Mitch Moreland. Um, he's 36, though, um, but, I mean, that's something you could consider. Yeah, that's, but is that really an upgrade at anything? Ex- exactly, it's just a name to throw in the mix. I think there's something much more creative that um, Stearns probably comes up with, whether it's by a trade, you know, we Brewers fans plenty have talked about, you know, do we go and try and get Matt Olson from the mm-hmm. A's, especially with them rebuilding. Um, there was that uh, mention from Joel Sherman of the New York Post um, that the Brewers have actually checked in on Luke Voigt. They're probably not trading previously yeah. and a hater to get him. Yeah. Um, but that is a player that they've checked in on and he does have some talent. Um, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough one, but it, like you're kind of alluding to, is it a 100% full on necessary need still? Um, it could be, cause when you look at the lineup from top to bottom, is there still some desire to add some offensive punch? Probably. Um, but there's not a lot of obviously glaring candidates out there. And so, yeah. um, that, that hence, we are proposing 
random trades in the middle of a lockout to try and figure out what the answer to that might be. Yeah, and really what the Brewers need to add the punch to the offense is Christian Yelich and Keston Hero getting back to what they should be. Yeah, I mean, if you get those guys back to their 2019 forms, then you have added all the punch that you need. You know, you you have Yelich hitting 40 bombs. You have Hira hitting 30 bombs. You have Renfro probably adding 30 bombs. Um, You you have that power now, again, in the middle of the lineup, and you don't really have the need for another power hitter. I mean, obviously, we'd all love one because power hitters are great. Everyone loves homers. Chicks dig long ball. Um, But, like, if those guys get back to what they are, then you don't need to add another power hitter. You, you don't need to make another major addition. You just need these two guys to get out of their slump. Right. Um, that That's really kind of their, their major need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's the toughest part because you know that they're going to be there and you'd like to have like some past production to be confident on from this past year, but it's just kind of depending on these guys to be different than what you saw last year. And that's, I, I think really tough for a lot of fans to kind of sit through and depend on it's especially being a fan. It's, it's a lot of what have you done for me lately? Mm -hmm. So like you can look at Yelich like, Oh, Yelich won MVP in 2018 probably should have won it in 2019 had a really great season there. Yeah. But he sucked in 2021. So let's get someone that was great in 2021 and add him to our lineup for next year. It doesn't necessarily mean Yelich is going to be bad this next year. You know, it, it doesn't mean that Yelich isn't going to be better than, um, what what this other guy did just just because he was better in 2021 that doesn't mean he's better than Yelich going forward. Yeah, yeah, it, and oh, I kind of lost where I was going with there for a second. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> sorry. Um, the part that I I guess brings me a little bit of concern is um, can we expect Rowdy Telez I guess to continue doing what he was doing last year. Um, we saw a little bit of that with Vogelback. He came in, he stormed onto the scene in 2020, and then 2021, he gets off to a slow start. I think we brought this up a couple weeks ago. Um, but with Rowdy Telez, does he follow, end up following the same path, or does he not? And so if he doesn't, and if Hira continues to struggle, that's a problem. And so yeah. maybe that's where the Brewers do still want to add a little bit of reinforcements um, to first base slash designated hitter but then you can Um, do that in july when you have a lot more trade targets likely available absolutely i mean we saw how fast did you know stearns end up moving on from orlando arcia last season he was right exactly he was right on it with that one uh last year so he will not hesitate to make moves he made the orlando arcia trade a little while later he makes the willie adamas trade he will make moves in mid-season if he has to yeah. So uh, the the question is, if you Id- uh, if you identify that a player like a Matt Olson or something like that is, you know, the target that you want to go for, do you want to try and make that trade now or when the lockout's over before a different team goes out and gets him? Because that a player like that is going to be a hot commodity. He'll be shopped around. He'll be asked about by a lot of different teams. And so that's where, and that's what, you know, Stearns in the front office are so good at is gauging that interest, knowing that a player like a Willie Adamas can maybe be gotten at a later date. Should they need to do that? He's always throwing out those feelers and always checking in and, you know, gauging the temperature of these other teams. And so 
he he knows the pulse um and that those are the types of questions that he's going to ask himself and try and get figured out um over this offseason and what will determine what moves he does or doesn't make at that position yeah so it's going to it's going to take some time and and yeah if Hura and Telez can't get it figured out and they can't get going offensively by the end of July this next year like then like like Stearns is going to have to make some some tough and drastic decisions there mm-hmm. at first base. Yeah. Um, but they're going to give him they're going to give Hira the time to get that figured out and get right and get going mm-hmm. um, next year. So that's that's the important part. All right. So, Matt, are you ready for Ooh. our top 10 favorite brewers of all time draft? Top 10 favorite brewer draft. That's the all song right. you guys get. We don't have a song recorded, unfortunately. <laughs> It is just Matt coming up with a jingle on a moment's notice. You're welcome, everyone. So I have a quarter here. Quarter minted in 1981. Says, (laughs) got got the standard, uh, you know, United States of America eagle on the back as tails. Um, All right, Matt, since I am flipping the coin, I will allow you to make the call. Are you calling heads or tails? Always calling heads. Always calling heads? Always. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. It is Tails. Uh, of course it is. Uh, right. Tails never nothing. fails, my guy. I regret Tails. nothing. You regret nothing. Okay, yeah. so we're going to pick our top ten. We're going to alternate. Uh, once we pick a player, they are off the board. Um, and then at the end, um, you know, can have you guys either reach out on Twitter or uh, we'll put a poll up on, on, um, on the podcast here. Uh, who you think drafted the best top 10 favorite brewers who had the most of your favorite brewers, you know, who, which list do you like more? All right. So that's, that's how we're going to deal with that. So I have the first pick in my top 10 favorite brewer of all time draft. And with the first overall selection team, David selects Carlos Gomez. Oh, you son of a, Wow. <laughs> See, is a, this, this is why it's important to win the coin toss, man. man this, this is why is. tails never fails. It sure. Give is. me Gogo, the most energetic player you will probably ever see in your entire life. Mm. I was wondering if I should even wait past the first round if you didn't take him first, and it's not going to matter. Yeah. Wow, there he goes. Okay, Gogo All off right. the board. So that means I need a strong first pick for a favorite brewer to go with. And you know what? I'm going to pander to the youngins, and I'm going to go with Christian Yelich. Got to. Ooh. I'm going to start off with a former MVP. Wait a minute. Were we doing the I, – I forgot to mention this, but were we doing the no yount Molitor? Like, were we doing the same thing as a Twitter thread, or – Oh, were we? Oh, I didn't I didn't catch that. We should. Uh, I didn't, I didn't say that. I did not say that. So that, that, is, that is fair, I guess, but – no, um, because since we had that, because because we had the tweet go out the other day on, on reviewing the brew, you know, no Yount, Molitor, Braun, or Yelich, um, who's your favorite? So we're kind of going like a little bit, a little bit deeper. Got it. Here. I actually didn't catch that part of the tweet. All right, but yeah. that's fine. And uh, also no fielder as well, because there were a lot of people oof. on the Twitter thread that that were just like, what about fielder? He should be in this group. And I felt bad that I omitted him, but I was going for like a big four, like Mount Rushmore kind of thing. That's right. Um, okay, so. Oof. All right, who do we have omitted? Yelich? Yelich, Fielder, Braun, Yount, and Molitor. 
Okay. The the big guns. Got it. Man. Right. I'm not that doing is. that just because I liked your pick. Like I, like that was just, that was my <laughs> no, plan no, before. Right. Like I had it written down here, and then it's just you know I forgot to say it before we started here because we're just we're just rolling one take through this whole thing. Okay. Okay. All right. Got to reset strategy. Going for Brewers favorites. All yeah. right. Because otherwise we're just going we're just trading Hall of Famer Hall of Famers back and forth, and then it's just you know that's true. Yeah, it gets. Yeah. It, yeah, the 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 first uh, top half of the draft would be okay. So redoing picks. If we're gonna go with a favorite here, I know we only played here for a little while, but we're gonna go with the Hall of Famer Trevor Hoffman. Actually, really? Take with my number one. Yep. Interesting. Yep. I've got to. I need. I need all just ultimate potential. And that's where we're going to start. Okay. I know it's a little outside of the box, but you know what? Well, I am lockout fever too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I am going to go ultimate fun um, and, and trying to trying to pander to get the wins. So with my second pick in the in our top ten favorite brewers of all time draft, I am going with the one, the only, Jesus Aguilar. Yeah, 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 Aggie. All right. Jesus Aguilar and Carlos Gomez. I have the most fun team of all time. Okay. I. Man. All right. We're going to go. Man. Oh, my gosh. Do I? Do I not? All right. We're going to go team fun. Then I'm going to break off a little bit. And I'm going to throw in a Manny Pena. Manny Pena, okay, Manny the pineapple. Pena. The pineapple, indeed. Solid choice, solid choice. Okay. Everyone loves the pineapple. All right. I am going to... I'm going to go with one of uh, the pineapple's best friends. I'm going I'm to go with a, with a more current player. I know he's only been here a short time as well, but he has worked his way into the hearts of fans very quickly. Give me Willie Adamas. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, you know, when I mentioned uh, pandering a little bit earlier, even though my pick got taken off the board, <laughs> we do need to pander to some of our uh, uh, fans who've been around a little bit longer. Some of us older folk. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, although actually this might be this is this goes a little bit older than me. So we're gonna pick an all timer in this case to go between two, and I'm gonna go with the one whose number is up there. We're going Raleigh Fingers, baby. Ooh, Fingers Raleigh. in the stash. Solid choice. Solid choice. You're just you're just trying to go for the for the Hall of Fame relievers up there. Yeah, I, I you know I have I have a type. I like catchers who can hit and I like high powered relievers. Yeah. Well, you're going to, um, you know, you, you've kind of, uh, had my mind thinking now about, uh, oh. other hall of fame names okay. up there. And he was only with the brewers at the end of his career, spent a lot of his career with the Milwaukee Braves. Give me Hank Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't decide if that was, if I should go that route, but 
You chose yeah. Raleigh Fingers over the, Hammer and Hank? He was technically... I was trying to go for... He was a know, brewer for two years. He was, it was at the end of his career, but... That's true. It's true. It's true. All right. Um, then, before all of our best old-timers are taken off the board, I'm going to go ahead real quick and throw in Coop. Coop? Cecil Coop. Cooper? Cecil Cooper. All right. Yep. That's a good pick. That was going to be my next one if you didn't take him there uh, right. among the old-timer group. All right, I'm going to go back then to to some of the new-timer group, um, and I'm going to go with uh, the bat behind uh, one of the greatest uh, postseason hits in Brewers franchise history and one of the most fun players we have ever seen interview. Give me Niger Morgan. Beautiful. All right. Um, then in that case, and I have to go personal with this one, and of course, I mean, I'm going to regardless. I'm going to go with the player who actually recorded the win in that game and also set the team's franchise record in saves. Give me another mustachioed reliever, John Axford. My God. Big Axe. John Axford. And a current player as well, sort of. Yeah, exactly. I was there. For his one game back, uh, through 20 uh, pitches, he was throwing 96, and all of a sudden he was throwing 88 and just had to leave with the trainer, and uh, it was bad. Ugh. Okay. So let's let's see. We are we are each five picks in. Let's, let's do a quick little recap here. Here on Team David, we got Carlos Gomez, Jesus Aguilar, Willie Adamas, Hank Aaron, and Nigel Morgan. Team Matt has Trevor Hoffman, Manny Pena, Raleigh Fingers, Cecil Cooper, and John Axford. All right, so next pick is me. Um, hmm. Okay, I am going to go with another very fun player that endeared himself to the fans in his time here, the big muscle man himself. Eric Thames. Oh, oh, I hadn't started to think about him. That's a good pick. Oh, that's a good one. I am loaded at first base with Thames and Aguilar. <laughs> yeah, you are. Well, I mean, you got Cooper, so you're also kind of pretty well set there at first base. That's true. That's true, as yeah. well as in the bullpen. Yeah, you are loaded in that bullpen. All right. I have I have all hitters so far. All right. Well, I need to add some hitters. Um, and how often... Do you get a chance to add an NFL lookalike, specifically a Brett Favre lookalike? So oh. let's go ahead with one of our few uh, decent players from back in that era. We're going to go Jeff Jenkins. Jeff Jenkins. Jeff okay. Jenkins. We love him. Yeah, one of my early favorite players because uh, he was one of the only good ones on those early 2000s exactly. that I remember. Right. All right. But another one of those really good players uh, from those early 2000s teams, and one who, as a tall man, uh, was an inspiration to me. <laughs> Give me the sex machine, Richie Sexton. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's yeah. his nickname, but we're rolling with it. Give me Richie Sexton. That is okay. Hmm. All right. Round seven. Matt has the pick here. What do you got? Ooh, I got a good one here. I got a good one um, because, you know what, he may not have uh, pitched in too terribly many major league games, 
Um, but right now, he is actually a member of the Brewers broadcast team. Oh. Friend of the podcast, Tim oh. Dillard. Tim Dillard, solid pick. Favorite lovable Brewers. That's a very, very good pick. All right. Okay, let's see. Now for, let's see, round eight here. We're now into round eight. So we Mm -hmm. we each got three picks remaining. I am going to, let's see, so so many possible selections. All right. I'm going to, I am the conductor and CEO of the Corbin Burns for Cy Young hype train. So... Naturally, on this list, I have to put down the reigning 2021 Cy Young winner, Corbin Burns. There we go. I, I knew it was coming eventually. If it was if it was my top 10 list, I'd have him much higher. But since it's a draft, we get we got to play the strategy a little bit different. You know, yeah. no, I'm yeah. not going to take Corbin Burns number one overall in this draft. You got to go with GoGo because otherwise I knew you would have. So and you were correct. <laughs> I am going for the win here. All right. Ooh. All right. This is a top 10 favorite brewers. Favorite brewers. Yeah. It doesn't have so, to be the best, but right. favorite. So. But Burns just kind of doubles us both. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, He may not be a brewer anymore, uh, but we know everyone loved him. Uh, Orlando Arcia. Orlando. Gotta okay. Got to get Lando in there. Of course. Of course. All right, um, bu- bu- bu. got a few options I can choose from here. Um, let's see. Ah, yes, I know where I'm going with this mm. pick. We're going the greatest laugh in all of baseball. Oh, Brett oh. Phillips. He wasn't oh. here very long. He was traded for Mike Moustakis, but Brett Phillips just endeared himself to Brewers fans' hearts and really fans of baseball all across the world with his amazing, dying screech laugh. Yep, good call. Oh, my gosh. I, <laughs> I'm going to go look up videos after this. Uh, uh, Mom Joke <laughs> Monday with Will Smith. That was probably the most amazing <laughs> video ever. Okay. Ooh, speaking of videos, we got a current Brewers pitcher who loves to film skits. Ooh, I know where you're going. Suter. Well, you already got a, you got John Egan's vote. I know that much. Yep. (laughs) That's true. We got a Raptor Uh, vote incoming. Yeah. All right. So now we are in, we are in the final round. We are, we are entering round 10. Um, Very interesting choices still on the board here. Um, I have a couple I'm thinking of, and they're all pitchers, actually. Mm, okay. Um, okay. But let's see, which one could win me the title? Which one could could help win this draft? And I think I got to go with everyone's favorite ace from the 2000s, the guy who. Mm. Gave us so much hope. The man with a Hall of Fame level curveball. Give me Ben Sheets. 12 to 6. All day. All right. So, final pick for Team Matt. Where are you going? 
favorite brewers? Who are people's favorite brewers? Hmm. Same thing. Got a few different directions we could go here. Hmm. Then, then you go. Do you go old era? Do you go new era? Yeah, that's tough. All right. Oh, I I know there, where we're gonna go. Okay. So we've got, you know? we could go. I, I'm gonna throw out a few honorable mentions. Um, I know Ricky Weeks. A lot of yep. people were big fans of him. I wanted to throw Corey Hart in there yep. and his 9,000 kids that he has. Uh, <laughs> Jeremy Jeffress is one of my favorites um, mm-hmm. that I was thinking about if it was just my list. Um, you love relievers, man. It's crazy. I do. I do love relievers. <laughs> um, but uh, if you think of that, just that crew that we've had lately over these last few years, who, you know, we've talked about the Arceas and the Pinas and the Aguilars. Who's one player that was missing from that group that we haven't mentioned yet? Who? Hernan Perez. Ah, you're going Hernan. He's a favorite. Going Hernan. People All loved right. him. Interesting. There, yeah, there are a lot of options. I mean, uh, I know, especially among the older group, Gorman Thomas, Jim Gantner, also among uh, yep. the favorites. Um, if, if I C. C. Sabathia, we got to mention oh, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Zach Grinky, mm-hmm. uh, Freddie Peralta, I think, is also up there for a lot of people. Uh, Jimmy Nelson was on my list. He would have made my top ten, but um, I'm if we're doing the draft here, I kind of had to had to switch up strategy a little bit. Um, Damian Miller, also one of my favorites, um, but that's I mean, that, that's just kind of more from like personal experience. Plus, he's he's from Wisconsin, went to the same school as I did, so that that's mm-hmm. just kind of um, helps with that. But yeah, a lot of players that uh, that did not make the uh, either of our top tens. There, there's a lot of really uh, really enjoyable, fun players that didn't make it. Yeah, but we got to speak for the people, and we know there's a lot of yeah. very lovable brewers that have come across over the years, and so. Um, We'll see who did best here. These are some these yeah. are some good teams. Yeah. Okay. So let's go over the teams one more time. Here on Team David, my team, we got Carlos Gomez, Jesus Aguilar, Willie Adamas, Hank Aaron, Niger Morgan, Eric Thames, Richie Sexton, Corbin Burns, Brett Phillips, and Ben Sheets. I got a lot of first basemen on this list. <laughs> That's insane. I got three first basemen in here. Um, and then Team Matt. Has Trevor Hoffman, Manny Pena, Raleigh Fingers, Cecil Cooper, John Axford, Jeff Jenkins, Tim Dillard, Orlando Arcia, Brent Suter, and Ernan Perez. So those are each of our top ten lists. Um, give your answers in the poll. Give your answers on Twitter. Uh, let us know who you think won, who had the better draft, um, and who has the better overall uh, list of players uh, that you enjoy more. Um, so. I don't know, man. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good. I, you know, I, I will admit with my first pick there, I don't think I was in quite the right mindset, but I did have those hell's bells <laughs> in the back of my head. But that I is felt true. like I felt like I just kept getting stronger as the team went on. So <laughs> I'm still feeling all right here. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely surprised to see Trevor Hoffman at, at number one. Like, like Trevor Hoffman making the list, sure, but with the first pick, that was. That was a little surprising. I thought for sure you would have gone like uh, Aguilar or, um, I mean, you went Pena in the second round, but, uh, you know, guys like that. Yeah, I, I I was trying to go for a good balance of old players and new players, of lovable players and, you know, useful players. Um, <laughs> but 
you got to add Hall of Famers to your team, too, when you got a chance. Oh, yeah. That's why I took Hank Aaron. <laughs> yeah, it's true. In the fourth round, yeah. how do we? How did we wait to the fourth round for that? I feel like both of us. I don't know. Like, like we we should. I mean, we <laughs> like like I was thinking like more like current guys. You know, mm-hmm. like more recent ones: Gomez, Aguilar, Damas. That's those guys are fresh in a lot of people's minds, and they were really fan favorites. You know, it, it's not just because they were studs. I mean, we excluded Yount and Molitor and and uh, Braun and them because they were studs, so they were everyone's favorites. But we didn't have Aaron on that list. Maybe yeah. we should have, but it's too late for that now. Yeah, um, <laughs> blame the lockout. It messes with everyone. Yeah, it, we can do another list with with Aaron excluded, or we can have one with Yount and Mulder and all them included. I don't know. Um, we got plenty of time, I guess, because lockout doesn't <laughs> seem like it's going to be ending soon. That is true. Yeah. So let us know who you think had the better team. Uh, once again, the teams I had: Carlos Gomez, Aguilar, Adamas, Hank Aaron, Nigel Morgan, Eric Thames, Richie Sexton, Corbin Burns, Brett Phillips, and Ben Sheets. Matt had Hoffman, Hell's Bells, The Pineapple, Rally Fingers, Coop, Axeman, Jenkins, Tim Dillard, Orlando Arcia, uh, The Raptor, and Hernan Perez. That's just so many lovable. Uh, that's that's 20 lovable, absolutely lovable brewers. Come on. Yeah. Either absolutely. way, everyone wins here. Not everyone. Only one of us is going to come out on well, top of this. Uh, okay. <laughs> one of us technically wins, but don't all of us just in general win in thinking about all these delightful brewers? Yeah, kind of. we all do. Thinking back about the good times when baseball was playing and not in the lockout. Ah, I miss those days. All right, that will do it for this week's episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. Be sure to vote. Uh, be sure to let us know who you think won. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter. Um, you can follow me at dgasper24. Matt is at mkmat13. Follow the podcast account at coldbrew underscore pod. And follow, of course, Reviewing the Brew at Reviewing the Brew. Uh, so that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we hope to have another episode for you before Christmas. Um, before taking some time off in that week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, no episode is going to be that week, um, but uh, going to be a lot of fun, and hopefully soon we'll have uh, the lockout ending and some actual news uh, to go over. Uh, but let us know your thoughts on the poll, and be sure to uh, follow and subscribe and uh, listen to your favorite Cold Brew Podcast. All right, we'll see you next week for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.